to CMIO Podcast, a show devoted to educating and informing those who are making healthcare easier for others. Whether you're involved with informatics, analytics, or new technologies that make the lives of our practicing clinicians better, this show is for you. My name is Dr. Mark Weissman. I'm a practicing physician, a CMIO, and the host of CMIO Podcast. And today I'm bringing you Al Villarin, who is a CMIO. You know him. He's been on the show before. Back in May of 2020, he was just starting out then, and he's my first one back. I've taken about a year off because this little virus came to town and kind of made me busy. So I had some difficulty getting podcasts out the door. Al's the first one. I am thrilled. Al, welcome back. Thank you very much, Mark. It's a pleasure to be back here again. Awesome having you. You did a great show the first time. I know this one will be just as good. If you would, I'm not going to have you go over your whole background, but maybe it would help if people just know where are you working now and what is your role? Thank you. Uh, I am the Vice President and Chief Medical Information Officer for New Vans Health. It's a collaboration and combination of Western Connecticut Health um, as well as HealthQuest, unified over two years ago. And now we're one network uh, under the auspices of a Cerner, dual Cerner platforms on east and west of our, of our uh, domain. So take us back a year. You were just starting. You were just, you know, you were going to lead informatics. You had great vision. How has that panned out for you? Tell us, tell us how things are going. It was an exciting time back then, back in April of 2020. Dropped right in the middle of uh, our, our COVID. And uh, we were at our, our maximum utilization of telehealth at the time. We had a, a third-party uh, vendor that was giving us some, some issues. So we went back around and looked at the best case scenarios and followed the, the, the market. And utilizing uh, telehealth, we knew would be the future for healthcare, especially around our, our uh, domains, covering the large distances we have for our, our patient uh, care. So as the uh, telehealth uh, demands decreased over time, we went back and did an RFP and look for a, a care collaboration platform that allowed us to really unify all of the functions uh, clinicians do every day, where it be telehealth, e-prescribe, smart sig, um, uh, med reconciliation, documentation capture and e-sign, picture and video into one platform. We ran out and found uh, a, a vendor, that, vendor that did that for us. So we, we removed all the third-party uh, interactions that we did to enhance the experience for clinicians and put everything into one care collaboration platform that we're utilizing currently and rolling out across that network. We've uh, utilized this single platform across the network for all primary care physicians and uh, we've integrated that workflow into scheduling in, in our Cerner platform across the network and now we're going back around and advancing the telehealth platform into our acute areas and so specialists. So this is appointed care telehealth on uh, non-appointed just random you know call up and get someone or how how are you focusing your telehealth efforts multiple ways we have an onboarding uh telehealth um scheduling platform through uh, a third-party company we've integrated into our starting platform so patient can request online uh, uh these uh third-party um uh, sorry this scheduling through 
our other platform. And they're called up and told, hey, we have an appointment for you for telehealth at this particular time. We can go ahead and get that appointment. Our discharge process through the ED, we have telehealth as an option for follow-up appointments. And then through our uh, scheduling platform itself, patients can schedule online. You're looking for telehealth opportunities throughout our network for our caregivers. Noting that the more uh, difficult appointments or first-time appointments that may be more complex, they'll get a call back and say, you know, really don't have a, a telehealth availability for this uh, type of appointment. Let's get you a regular appointment to start. What else are you working on besides telehealth? Now that the pandemic, or at least there was a little bit of a lull the day we're recording this, we actually are spiking our, our area, but what occupies your time now as a CMIO? Well, during the, the reduction of our demands in COVID and today, we've refocused our journey to really enhance the understanding of what is causing a burnout of our clinicians. We've uh, brought in a third-party consultant, worked with utilizing robotic process automation, but also helped um, enhance the experience for our patients as well as our clinicians because you have to raise the bar for both of them together in order for an organization to embrace innovation and, and automation. So through our RPA process, we went out with the same third party we used um, uh, for telehealth, we expanded our automating of our med reconciliation process. So now when, a, when we go live uh, next month, a physician can just open up our Cerner environment and the, and the information from their patient medical, medical record would be pulled from the PM, PDMP wherever they had it and brought into Cerner, deduplicated and configured within our Cerner environment so the physicians don't have to go out and call the pharmacy or ask the patient to put it in, it's automated therefore reducing the time for admissions, transfers within the hospital, or discharge. Again, we're trying to reduce the time and chart so the, patient, the physicians have more time with the patient. The second one is uh, advancing the experience for our patients. Digital patient experience enhancements through two parties, one for self-scheduling and find clinicians with our environment. That's automated through our website in the cloud. And the other one is online cloud-based uh, um, um, intake of information. So we send the patient an email or a text message, they open it up and they submit their information in the cloud, which gets brought in and then by December or so, we'll be able to take that information and automatically put it into our certain environment for the clinical clinicians to use. Again, reduction of paper, reduction of, of an interloper between the patient and clinicians so that we automate the intake of that information, make it a much more um, frictionless environment to work within our, uh, our, our clinical areas. And then finally, we've embarked through our uh, chief strategy officer, uh, something called human-centered design, where we look at the experience of the patient from end to end, from the beginning as soon as they look us up on the web till they get discharged from our hospitals and get back into ambulatory care, that process, make that streamlined as efficiently as possible so there's less uh, hiccups, less distractions, less negative experiences for the journey of the patient. That journey of the patient 
turns around and, and affects us from a financial standpoint of enhancements of positive feedback. They tell their friends, this is a great place to, to be living a baby, great place to, to take care of our cancer, et cetera. And that's a positive relationship we're trying to build with our patients. So those three areas, the enhancements of the physician workflow and environment, the digital patient experience that we intake information automatically and reduce paper, and then the human-centered design are all working together to enhance the environment of our physicians. One other piece is that we all also uh, deployed the pilot in the last three months of virtual scribe, which is great, great success. We're gonna roll that out as well. So that reduced the time and chart remove the doc from documentation and let the physician clinicians work with the patients and have a virtually based uh, scribe documenting into our certain environment automatically. Well, let's touch on that last one first, just because it piqued my interest, the virtual scribe. Is this artificial intelligence or is this a human sitting down and are they listening in real time? Is it uh, 24 hours before it gets back into the chart? How does that work for you? No, this is a real-time live person in the cloud, securely uh, uh, connected with an EMR uh, through um, uh, an interface, that's a, uh, a prioritized interface, that allows the virtual scribe based in either Texas or in Denver to listen in on the physical exam and listen to clinicians' commands and let them know what, what they want in the chart. So as they're discussing the case with the patient, the virtual scribe is listening and documenting live in, in the chart. That reduces a couple of things. It reduces the amount of time the physicians have to spend documenting and they can spend more time with the patient, but also they can see more patients during the day because they're not stopping to type in and document their, their work in the EMR. That increase in the number of patients per day, that increase in patient satisfaction that they're being paid attention to is a benefit for our network and, and efficiencies as we grow to expand our ambulatory practices and increase of our patient volume. The quote from your last podcast with me is this, the patients see the back of their physician's heads. That is not health care. That is data collection. Loved that quote, still do. So you've solved that to some degree with the virtual scribe? Uh, we have. We've had great success. Uh, our clinicians who did the pilot saw about one to two patients more a day. And the revenue, as we did with uh, our EMR is the ability for the scribe to present to clinicians any HCC coding that may be coming up during that visit. Again, completing the task for an annual visit and reminding the clinicians, hey, here's some things that you didn't touch upon to get a better uh, interaction with, with the patient and complete their physical exams. So we're trying to have face-to-face -face interactions, let the scribe do the work and automate the processes in the cloud to become uh, really more efficient for both patient and clinicians. Did you do this in just primary care or did you go to specialty as well? We did mostly primary care. Uh, we did 12, sorry, we did 10 uh, pilot physicians. Two of them were uh, surgery and oncology. Would this ever apply to the inpatient world? Could a hospitalist use such technology? We, we certainly hope so. Uh, the issue is sound in the background, what's going on within the environment, but if they have an area that has a pretty good one-to-one uh, um, -one relationship between the patient and the physician, that doesn't have a lot of background noise, we, we can facilitate that through a headset. I think it'll be uh, very well uh, taken up. We are looking at utilizing the same kind of technologies uh, in other practices at this time. Hmm. Very cool. So tell us a little bit 
about your interactions with the other senior executives in your organization. This is something I hear other CMIOs talking about in terms of how much face time do they get with the C-suite, uh, the CEO, the CFO, versus just with the chief medical officer focusing predominantly on the medical staff issues or the ambulatory issues. What's your influence and your ability as a vice president CMIO to influence system level issues? That's a great question. Um, it, it, it's a balance. We have You have to make the effort to reach out and say, here, I'm here to help you. And, and people get to know you and build that trust over time. It took a little longer because everything was virtual at the time. So I'm more of a social person, shake hands, say hello, uh, interact with one another. But uh, uh, my CIO, Jeff Hook, who's done a fantastic job in creating the roadmap for collaboration. Uh, he and I work as a dyad, and we do regular visits to all our seven hospitals and ambulatory care each quarter. So we're out there uh, saying hello to each other and uh, really making the, the relationships very strong. We also work with other dyads, whether it be um, part of a service line, uh, vice president or chief of the service or an administrator that needs our help i'll go in there at the beginning of the of the of the meetings and say who we are how we're going to help how can help you and we really facilitate the nurturing the nurture of um service above self you know giving building to the success of others and that builds our success as we move uh collaboration forward now that i've been here mm, 14 15 months it's it's pretty easy reach out Yes, we, we love to talk, let's uh, have a meeting. And most of my meetings are 30 minutes, the three topics, get the solution done, get an outcome, and then move on. Uh, as well as our governance structure we've created to allow us to have regular cadence meetings with senior leadership. We have a physician advisory group, we have a medical informatics group, we have a medical practice IT group, we have a research IT group, and other uh, IT collaborative meetings that allow that dyad between myself, and either the service line need lead or the administrator, chief of quality, let's say, to have the continued collaboration and communication for the best of the network. That makes sense. You're networking internally, building the relationships and being able to get things done. I love that line about the, you got 30 minutes, you're doing three things and just very, sound very sharp, very crisp, very, uh, not a wasted meeting. You're getting stuff done. It's awesome. Tell me, look forward for me a little bit. What's the major projects on your list for the next six months to a year? It's a great question. We just went through that recently in terms of focusing on what we call mission critical and critical uh, applications and processes. These are the things that will open the doors further than they are today break through any barriers we have with patient uh, um, growth and really align what IT can do as an entity to support the successes of our institutes, our service lines, our primary care fac facilitators in terms of a couple things. One, growth, really enhancing the experience for those clinicians that can do better outreach, utilizing our uh, text messaging platform, let's say, to gain, garner interest in more patients. Finding that balance between physician, clinicians, 
and patience and growing the market. That growth is very important for the longevity of, of Nuvan's health. So in the next six to 18 months, we are on a journey to really enhance that experience and grow the market on the ambulatory primary care market. And the other one are, is quality. Quality is a very big determiner of success for any healthcare system. So focusing on the quality measures that each of the service lines are requiring helps us focus our support of those measures. So we have a steering committee for each one of our uh, uh, institutes. We have Heart and Vascular Institute, Oncology Institute, and Neurology Institute, plus ambulatory care. So those four areas are our focus for bringing success through enhancements, information technology, workflow, reduction of burnout, digital patient experience, robotic process automation, and aligning what we do for them so they're successful to achieve their goals in both growth and quality measures. Do you get involved with analytics or the reporting side? Do you get the data about the growth rates? Do you get the data and they're turning to you for advice of how do we get clinician engagement around growing in this particular area. Does that happen to you? We have stood up in the last six months uh, an AVP and, a, and a, inside of IT, a, a division of, of analytics. So she's responsible for aggregating the requests and prioritizing them for output of the results of that data. But uh, utilizing the Cerner um, analytics area lights on or advance is a very big part of, of what I draw from because that information is valuable to how we measure pre and post deployments of our enhancements. So let's say we're gonna we're rolling out the automation of med reconciliation. How much does that improve the workflow on admission? Right now we have what is it, eight minutes for an, an admission process to go through uh, the, the complete process. We want to get it down to six and a half minutes by improving that meta-reconciliation, make it automated so the clinicians don't have to type in, spend their time typing in. So measuring that is very important. Our lights on, our Cerner Advance gives us that ability to measure utilization, efficacy of those changes, and really cone down to specifically a clinician or team or, or, or department or site, depending on how you want to measure that and report that back to those entities that need to have the information on a regular basis. So Al, how are your physicians feeling? Well, let's expand that, not just your physicians. How are your clinicians feeling? COVID, it was down, it's back. What's the emotions like? What's the burnout like? What's the outlook for the future for them? The, the effort of the incredible lift that the healthcare system at Nuvans has completed um, throughout the COVID has been tremendous. But it, it took a toll. It, it took a toll on understanding um, how we can do everything we can for a patient, yet they still do not survive. Understanding how there are people out there who put off their other illnesses, the heart, the lungs, the, 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 the fractures, the whatever it is, to delay care and how that impeded their their solutions for that care. Uh, delays in care because of, of them being afraid of coming into our hospital. So we understand the impact uh, medically, socially, financially, and and we've we've weathered through with it and we've been successful in doing so. But 
on the on the negative side we saw people leave we saw some clinicians leave practice we saw people who uh, found that you know what this is really hard work and I can do my job someplace else uh, out of healthcare. So we, we saw that as well. Across the nation, we, we are seeing healthcare having a, a reduction of the availability of qualified people to do not just healthcare uh, uh, positions, but also those positions within healthcare that aren't clinical, database analysts, security officers, uh, um, nurse administrators, those are the people that have uh, moved away from healthcare a little bit. So our challenge is getting them back or, or growing the environment so that people wanna come back to healthcare for the good of healthcare and not um, just what they experienced in the last nine months. So we've advanced our marketing campaigns. We've increased our ability to uh, have uh, our the word out that, you know, all healthcare, regardless if it's New Vance or not, is a great place to work. Uh, bringing back the, the caring that we want to show for, for our clinicians. Um, our president, Dr. Murphy, inst- you know, created a, 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 um, a leadership institute called Inspire. And one of the groups, my group, we created what the future is for New Vance in terms of caring. And caring starts with me. We want to bring back the caring to healthcare. It's not an IT job. It's not uh, a, 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 a clinical job. It's bringing back to all of our employees why we went into healthcare in the first place. And, and that is, that is a, a, a forward-facing value that we want to expand to all healthcare givers. In the next six months or so, we you know we do foresee the numbers going up. We see a peak around October for our area, and we hope that we will have to shut down any of our, our clinical practices to any kind of extent, move to telehealth as best we can. Uh, we, we were at 100% during the max of COVID in 2020. We foresee an increase of telehealth again. We want to keep the operations going, the ambulatory care going, the, the inpatient uh, admissions going because we feel that that's where we have to uh, that's where we shine as 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 New Vans Health is taking care of those patients. So you mentioned some leadership growth. What is your role in mentoring people in the informatics field to up come up or just other physicians to move into leadership roles? How do you get involved with that? Before I came, we had uh, a few. Uh, informaticists that really didn't have that work within the hospitals itself and over the past year we've been able to bring them all together under one umbrella and a team of clinical informaticists what I'd like to do as we move forward is grow that and and eventually um, look at um, expanding it to not just having the group but have leadership over different areas one of them uh, she's a fantastic content expert within Cerner. So have her address the content issues within Cerner itself and, and really bring about the understanding what the clinicians need for a, a, an excellent Cerner environment. Another one works with GME. He was one of our senior residents, now became a practicing physician within our ambulatory care group. I'd like him to oversee the GME informatics 
uh, uh, area where we work with research, work with interest in abutting informaticists that are coming out of residency and retain them within our auspices of our care. And another one who's ambulatory and help him facilitate his growth within the ambulatory arena. What we are looking for is more uh, acute care. We have acute care and nurse informaticists, which are, which are excellent, but down the road I see having uh, uh, a someone overseeing the acute care area are mature either from within or outside uh, into the future of growth. So we have all levels covered, acute, ambulatory, GME, research, uh, uh, as leading, as, as leaders of informaticists within the realm of our, our core group of informaticists for New Bands Health. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what you saw over the last year or so with COVID. Some of my colleagues, their practices had ramped down. They actually had more interest in informatics. They had the time to take extra courses on things, and informatics was sometimes the way they went. Others, I uh, got uh, kind of shunned. You know, particularly the, the hospitalists, they're busy. They're like, look, we've got more volume than we know what to do with, and we don't have time to mess with order sets or things like that. So I got pushback from them. What did you see, engagement or disengagement from your physician colleagues? It's a great point. Um, we, we had a combination of both, actually. Within even a single service line, we have people saying, hey, I'd like to come work for you. Our, our financial year starts on October 1st. So they're already vying, hey, can we come work for you one day a week or half day a week uh, on, under you? Because we like to really get involved with that kind of stuff. And, and, then, and then we have others that don't say anything until something happens within a certain environment that they're unhappy with and they report that back to us. But we turn around and engage them in the conversation. We invite those who aren't regulars but do have something to say within our larger medical informatics group and invite them to to speak and have a voice. We feel all clinicians should have a voice in the future of their EMR development and optimization. That's so critical. Giving physicians that voice when they don't have it. I have seen where it has such a such an impact on morale. Uh, and when you can get that fundamental governance process in place, it can really change uh, the engagement of your physicians, which therefore improves the product. So and we've we stood up what's called IT and me. So every month now we have an hour, a little more than an hour of open time through our MS Teams platform to all clinicians in our network to join us in an open conversation about a specific topic or topics of that month. In June, we had pharmacy informatics. How is the pharmacy informatics lead that we spotlight? We spotlight one of our own IT uh, leadership people who've done a fantastic job internally. We want to showcase them so everybody knows who they are in terms of what they're doing for the network. We had our pharmacy uh, um, IT lead present pharmacy informatics for the first 25 minutes. We had a Q&A, and then we had an open session about our projects coming up. July, uh, actually next week, we're going to have care collaboration, utilizing the suite of our migration to our singular care collaboration platform. And we'll have two other folks, informaticists and our project manager, talk about this new rollout that's coming their way. 
Uh, end of August, we'll have an HIE enhancements and integration uh, session. And in September, we talk about IT security and how it is going to impact your ability to use mobile device management on your iPhones and be a better clinician uh, by utilizing our new technologies. So we showcase our people. We enhance the conversation within the network. We collaborate to the needs of clinicians, and we give the clinicians a voice in terms of their future with us. As, as an IT support uh, person utilizing our technologies in the field. So as we get close into wrapping up here, Al, uh, you, obviously I don't, I don't think you're going to HIMSS. You'd be there right now. Um, how about, how Unfortunately about, how about, not. We were kind of uh, asked not to. <laughs> yeah, we were also asked not to travel. How about Chime or any of the – how are you going to stay current? How are you going to stay connected? Chime, a member of Chime there as well. Uh, I'm, I'm on the AMDIS listserv, uh, like, like most of us are. Uh, ASEP as well, American College of Marine Physicians, uh, becoming, you know, listening to see what's going on there, sending questions out. How do you guys do it? Um, and gals do it. Uh, both uh, um, multiple factors are, are availability because communication is so important nowadays, especially now that we're not at the meetings, is listening to our colleagues uh, when they talk about different uh, specific topics and asking questions. You know, we, we have great ability to communicate through the web now. We can find the truth, find the, the, what people are doing, get new ideas and collaborate that way. Uh, Becker's is another one. I, I've presented there multiple times and, and I'm scheduled to go on site in September. I'd like to see if that's going to stay that way. If not, then I'll do it uh, by, by virtual. But uh, having something regular every few months, being out there, uh, communicating to our colleagues and through your podcast, gets information out so that people can reach out and back to both of us, Mark, I believe, to yep. have a better yep. collaboration in terms of we learn from each other. Yeah, I got to keep this going. I know I slacked off for a little bit, but you have motivated me to get Good. back to this. Mark, this is awesome. <laughs> Come on. Going. So, <laughs> but, yes, you know, Al, I love having you on the show. You always, you always are, are full of good information. I, uh, if people wanted to get in contact with you to talk about anything that we've done today, what's the best way to reach you? you. Uh, email is great. Albert.Valerin, V-I-L-L-A-R-I-N, at Nuvance, N-U-V-A-N-C-E, health.org. Thank you, Al. Appreciate it. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening to CMIO Podcast. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, send me your ideas for shows, guests you'd like to hear from, or just to connect, or to motivate me to keep the show going at times. I look forward to bringing you our next episode.